Well, Kurt, we want to welcome Eric here this morning. Uh, Eric is on our uh, long-term residential program. And uh, Eric, we're glad to have you with us this morning. Glad to be here. Eric, um, we were talking a little bit before we started recording here about um, when you came to the Haven, and I had guessed wrong. I guessed it was springtime, maybe March or February. But uh, what? since you corrected me, it's going back a little further than that. Um, tell us when you came. Uh, I came in October 24th. Okay. All right. And there's something about uh, an event like that, you remember the date, don't you? Yes, I do. It's pretty pretty significant. Um, maybe you can tell us a little bit, if you feel comfortable, tell, tell us a little bit about maybe some of the circumstances that were surrounding your, at the time of coming here. Uh, I was actually, I just had gotten out of RIP about a year and a half ago, and I was bouncing from place to place, living with my girlfriend, and I started drinking again. Now the do you mind? I just stopped you, but uh, used an abbreviation there uh, that maybe some people aren't familiar with. The RIP, uh, it's what a, that stands for. It's like a lockdown treatment facility. It's okay. kind of like jail, like a halfway house. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. All and right. uh, I got released from there. I thought it was a good idea to move in with her, and I started drinking a lot, which always led to one more thing. So I uh, ended up getting kicked out of there, bounced around here and there from people I worked with, and a friend or two and ended up letting somebody do something at a house that I was renting room out of and got kicked out. Uh, I ended up next door. I was lost in my addiction. I was doing meth, heroin. I wasn't turning in money. I just was coming and going as I pleased. Just, I, I, I was a mess. I was 120 pounds. Uh, it was, it was not a good time. It was probably one of the lowest points of my life was being next door. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Kurt and Eric, as we were talking a little bit uh, before the program, uh, Eric, uh, obviously your growing up environment was not easy. Uh, It was kind of tough. Is that correct? When you grew up? Uh, Why don't you talk a little bit about that if you feel comfortable about it? Uh, My dad, he was a a truck driver and he was on the road most of the time, but he was was physically and emotionally abusive, not towards my mother or... I mean, my sister kind of got it, but she didn't catch beatings and screamed at like I was. He would, he would scream at me to the point I cried and made me throw up. He would, he was just, he was not a very nice man. And uh, you said that he was a raging uh, alcoholic as well, huh? Yeah. It, when we lived in an apartment building, if I could hear the radio two streets down, I knew I was in for a long night when I got off the bus mm-hmm. or when I came home from football practice. If I heard him, I knew that it was going to be a long night. Mm. And then you obviously lost a lot of the, your family at a young age. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, my grandpa, he died of uh, pancreatic cancer, stomach cancer, and colon cancer when I was 13. My dad died of bone cancer when I was 14. My mom died of a heroin overdose when I was 23, which that one, I was with her. And uh, I did CPR on her for 15 minutes before the paramedics got there. So that uh, I struggle with that a lot because I have to carry the... Uh, the guilt and the things that I know of that day that nobody else knows that I have to deal with the rest of my life. And my grandma died a year later after that because she lost everybody that ever meant something to her. And then I think you have some other siblings, too, that uh, have the struggle with uh, with an addiction as well, right? 
my uh my stepsister she i don't remember when she died i was lost in my addiction at the time that i found out that she had died of an overdose and my real sister she really doesn't talk to me yeah well you know eric obviously with all this going on uh you ended up in the hospital had no place to go uh you were at a local hospital here in akron and uh, you you found out about the Haven arrest through your transportation. Is that correct? Right. Uh, the I told the lady, the lady that was doing my discharge papers that uh, I didn't have anywhere to go, and she recommended me go to the Haven because it was the only place I could go. So she called over, and this is where I got dropped off. Hmm. And when you got dropped off here, uh, was that like the the first time you were here? Yes. Okay. And that's what you described before was when you were here, it was just about, it sounded like it was just about a way to support the addiction. Pretty much. Without really taking some changes or um, doing what it takes to be a better man, I guess. Right. Yeah, both times, because I was here for two months, both times on the client side, and both times I ended up, it was, I was bad in my addiction and, I lost everything. I've lost everything multiple times due to it. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting, Eric, is when you were over at the Haven Arrest and things weren't going well for you, Kurt, we had another guy that was actually on the program trying to encourage you to get onto the long-term program. Is that correct? Right. And eventually um, you kind of grabbed a hold of that, came over, and who was the first person that you talked to coming over for the long-term program? Jason Hubbard. And how did he work with you? Because I think you had mentioned you'd really, there was a, you, you wanted to leave. And J- Jason kind of encouraged you to stay put where you were at. Is that correct? Right. I, uh, I really, I really wanted to get in because I didn't have nothing left out there. It was, my run was over. And when I, uh, I came in and I talked to him, he told me to come back tomorrow. And he sat and he looked at me for a minute and he told me, to just hold on a minute that he would get me in today well at that point i was kind of trying to find every reason to leave after that i wanted to be here so bad but then once i got him i I was scared to death and i was trying to find every reason to leave and he just told me he's like you just you just you sit right there we'll take care of all of it yeah i remember when we were chatting that you talked about your resistance to um coming into the program and um i remember asking you what were you resisting? Um, and I know you just kind of mentioned some of the fear, but can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Because I think every every guy does, tell you the truth, uh, comes in and, and resists, um, whether they admit that or not. Um, there's something about... I think it was more that I just really wanted to go try and get high before I came in. Okay. Mm-hmm. is really what it was. And was it f- fear of maybe what, not knowing what everything was about? Well, when you go into a situation, like, there's always a fear of, like, what's... Like, you have to learn everything all over again. Okay. And a, authority is a struggle with me, so I have to... At that point in time, I wasn't trying to listen to any authority whatsoever. I was put on suspension when I was a client uh, numerous times because I just wanted to do what I wanted to do. Yeah. Well, when you started into the program here, Eric, obviously there was three people that you really connected with. Why don't you talk about the three? Uh, Jesse, Jason, and Louie. Uh, Louis has been Louis's known me for a few years from when I was here the first time. He uh he was actually the one who put me on contract and put me on suspension multiple times. 
and he always thought there was something different in me and i just refused to see it and jason he uh i like jason because he's been where i'm at and he uh like he will not be around the bush he'll he'll tell you how he feels and i, I admire that about him that i can connect with him a lot and jesse he's jesse's just kind of the guy that makes everything tick around here a little bit he uh coordinates all my appointments and stuff and there's a few times I've had to sit down in his office and talk to him about what's going on, but Jesse's an extremely nice man. Yeah, yeah. Um, what classes or maybe activity has really maybe influenced and, and, and shaped either your your desire for, your, your view of God, your relationship, as we say, with God? Um, you know, is there a particular activity or class that has spoken to you louis class he uh it kind of helps it helps find out what the roots of my problem are and explain why i didn't grow up like i should have grown up uh jason's class i i can pick out which pertains to me like on a personal level not just things i've gone through but things that i struggle with on a day-to-day basis like i have i have anger issues uh, anxiety issues just there's a lot of things that I struggle with that rather than stay on one topic he'll teach us through something and once we get off that when we start on another issue that 95% of us struggle with which is helpful for all of us <coughs> but it's I'll go to him if I'm struggling with something mm-hmm. there'll be a video he shows and it's one of those aha moments that mm-hmm. you see in his videos because there are, anything he shows or teaches is it's worth paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Well, Louis' class is the authentic manhood that's taught in the evening time. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Jason teaches a morning class. It uh, starts about 8.30. Yeah. And it goes over, it's a variety of topics. Yeah. And uh, as we were talking earlier, you were mentioning those aha moments where maybe a video, uh, and Jason would be very clear in saying, watch this. Uh, this is maybe pertaining to what you're actually going through right now, and those have been very beneficial to you. Right. And in saying that, Eric, um, what are you? Where are you at right now? You're seven and a half months into the program. What kind of responsibilities? What's your day like? I I spend a lot of time in the kitchen because I don't I don't like being inside my head. I like to I like to keep moving and keep working to keep myself busy. So I'm a I'm a kitchen assistant. Mm-hmm. I've been up, set up and serve. I, I pretty much help out wherever I'm needed. I don't ask questions anymore. I, I like to keep myself busy. So your day starts about what time? I get. I start. We're supposed to start at five thirty. I start at five, and I'm usually down here all day except for my uh, classes, that are an hour piece and my free time, which is usually like maybe an hour and a half, two hours, and then I'm down here till probably eight o'clock. You know, some of the guys, I don't know if it's been your experience or not, because what triggered this question was when you mentioned about your free time. Um, I think a lot of times uh, men that come into the program and um, wrestling with an addiction, uh, sometimes I get the feeling uh, in talking with them that downtime can be somewhat of a, a difficult time to know what to do or if to, if they should do anything. or Boredom. You know, and And that can trigger, I think, some things with guys uh, that um, probably aren't a good place to go right. necessarily. So, um, 
it made me think of that because you're not the first person I've I've heard say that. It's you know let's let's keep it busy, let's keep it moving. Right. And um, so I did uh, interact with you when I was working a weekend a while back, and uh, I would attest to that uh, that. Uh, you like to stay busy. Of course, you're young, and you're younger than me, so uh, you have more energy than I've got. That's one one thing in your favor, too. But, uh, but yeah, you you have interaction as you serve down here, and I'm going to tie that in with your job responsibilities. Um, while our folks may not know what the title means, like set up and serve or um, KA is what you're on now, maybe you can just tell us a little bit, like set up and serve or, or KA, just just a, a brief, unless you mentioned I zoned out here, but just a brief description of what um, what you do. Uh, set up role. and serve, uh, I deal with volunteers a lot, which helps me develop my people skills because okay. I used to not like people. We set up the trays, uh, we serve breakfast, lunch, and dinner, uh, we clean up afterwards. So that's a, it's a lengthy process. When you have volunteers, it makes it go by a little faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, KA, it's kind of the same. Like we set up for breakfast and lunch, but we also were in the kitchen helping the kitchen staff with whatever they need in there. Uh, we make lunches for the client men, the harvest home women. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Whatever is needed done in there, that's what we're in there to do. Good. Well, you know, Kurt and Eric, it's hard to believe, but we're at wrapping the end of the program up here. Uh, so... In saying that, Eric, uh, how can our listening audience pray for you as you continue to move forward? Just help, help me persevere uh, for God to change my life and open the doors He wants me to open or He wants to open, and uh, just guide me and teach me. All right. Well, that's pretty straightforward. Appreciate that, and uh, you. I know our listening audience will will be praying. So, thank um, thanks for thanks for being here and. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, maybe stepping outside your comfort zone a little bit to stay Just in front of this mic, and we'll we'll send you back to your comfort zone now. Okay, <laughs> so uh, right. back helping. So very good. Thanks again for Thank being you. here. Thank you, Eric.